0: Welcome to the Healthy Core podcast, where we will be discussing how to transform our lives by doing the deep inner work to heal our wounds at their core. I am Nisha. This is Evie. This is.
1: Ramakazi.
0: This is Sonal Nikki. Oh, yeah, at Sonal Nikki, at Ramakazi Raps, at Healthy Core and oh at intellectual eevee storm so today we are going to have a discussion on a topic that we talk a lot about which is masculine and feminine energy um we're going to talk about what we think it is what the wounded types look like and just have a general discussion about it. So how would you describe feminine energy? I would, If I were to describe my energy, it would be like very nurturing, very empathetic, um, calm, almost, I mean, I think it's almost like a mothering energy how I would describe feminine energy.
1: What do you think feminine energy is? Um, Well, I would first like to say that, you know, clearly there are two people who are more, have more expertise in, or more, you know, personal understanding. But from my understanding of the percentage that I have, or, you know, what I've observed in the world, um, I would say feminine is very free-spirited, creative, um, I mean, open, um, loving, vulnerable, and not loving in the sense of um, like masculine doesn't have the ability to love or trace of love, but more so um, love in the sense of emotional embracement.
0: I would agree. I think that The feminine energy is the part of us that is our intuition. It's our ability to receive ideas and guidance. And um, I think that, jumping ahead a little bit, the masculine energy is acting on those ideas that come Mm -hmm. from a higher place. So when both of those sides of a person are in touch with themselves, they feel like their universe is like from within, like they can get the ideas, act on the ideas, and it's not one that's more balanced than the other, or one that's greater than the other. So that's a good segue to what do both of you think masculine energy is? well I was gonna say I think about this a lot because I think it's something I'm trying to be more of and um, I think it's something that when I think of masculine energy like I feel I want protection safety um almost not empowerment but they what's the word for like just saying how you feel and just like like um like assertive or expressive or assertive vocal yeah just very outspoken um like very very not confident but yeah just just outspoken and just kind of more free. i feel like Hmm.
1: Um, I think that masculinity, what comes to mind is action, um... Action. Executive decision. Yes, yes, yes. Um, brevity, you know, just being very straightforward to the point about what needs to get done, what you need to say. Um, I don't want to say left-brained, because, I mean, there's a couple different reasons for that, but, um... Like, I mean, you know, math is typically seen as a masculine, um, like logistics and things like that, but I'd say more so the acting upon those logistics, so I think, I think to sum it all up, action.
0: I personally feel like society operates from a masculine energy place, not just a masculine energy, but more of like a wounded masculine Mm -hmm. energy which is always like, go, 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 go. But they're forgetting that the feminine part, which is like the processing of the information is a key part. Otherwise you're just executing, but you're not executing on anything that is inspired. It's just uninspired action and it doesn't always lead to the most fruitful outcome. I'm starting to see a shift in the workplace of 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 male leaders just becoming more in tune with their emotions or just really validating both sides.
1: I mean, honestly, the world has kind of been dominated by masculinity in this form of capitalism Um, because I I really have this theory that capitalism and innovation don't necessarily go hand in hand. I mean, you know, capitalism essentially breeds the quickest solution possible as opposed to the most creative one. Mm. And, you know, innovation stems from creativity, which we, you know, have discussed as being on um, the more feminine side. And so, um, in the workplace, I mean, you're never, you're, you're rarely encouraged to be creative unless it makes more money for the company. Yeah. And so, essentially, what they want you to do is carry out a process. If, if a process makes a dollar... They want you to carry it out a million t- times so you make a million dollars. They, they want you to stick to the script. They want you to do things the, the way that have been established by the traditions of the, um, you know, the forerunners. And so it's tough. You know, some companies like Google and, and you know, quirky like Silicon Valley companies want you to be creative and innovative and express yourself. But typically in the oldest model of capitalism, it is about action, it's not about creating new uh, progressive ways of thinking. It's about continue what works. And that, I mean, I would definitely say that's like textbook toxic masculinity.
0: Where do you guys think like the whole toxic masculine thing even came from? I think it starts from people not having an example of their parents being whole individuals. So they sort of just adopt like one role.
1: The reality is I think both parents need to be in the middle or on opposite ends, like equally. Because the truth is, the way to function in the world, you have to have a perfect balance of masculine and feminine. You know, you need the creativity, you need the planning, you need the action, you need the processing, like all, that's a full process. And a really good book that I actually read that that broke all this down to me was, um, it's called Ways of the Superior Man. and. The book was actually about defining the qualities of masculinity and femininity. Um, and honestly, the benefits of both, it wasn't even about the cons of either. It was more so about how when they come together in unity, they create something very beautiful. Like, they create the whole.
0: I think that you're very balanced.
1: What would you say contributed to that? Um. Honestly, I'll be honest, I have to give a lot of that to my mom. Because... She had a really good balance, you know, she was the person who taught me how to wash dishes, but she taught me how to change a uh, spark plug into uh, how to mow the lawn and how to paint walls and things like that. But she also taught me about emotional intelligence and yeah. things like that. And she's a very creative person. So that's, you know, where I get it from too.
0: You so, love Mary. Very much Shout so. out <laughs> to Miss Mary. Did Nina she Grace. encourage you to like, speak about your emotions or did she just ask you on a daily basis like how are you feeling? Cause I think a lot of times like people just don't ask men mm-hmm. those questions. Yes. And I like with any like guy friend I have, I just it's just so fun to have those conversations with them, just to hear them just express their thoughts, where which they don't do at work or outside where they may not feel especially for a black man, feeling safe out there in the world um can yeah, there's a lot that goes on in, in, in the day So just even asking them that
1: question yeah, yeah. I mean it's tough because as, as especially as a black man and even a black and Indian man we, I mean our culture see emotion emotional vulnerability as weakness they see it as you know you're folding or like you know you're, you're breaking down where the reality is I mean it's processing. Like, you know, yeah. when, when you cut your leg, putting a band-aid on is not weakness. Putting gauze and putting that's not weakness, you're healing. Yeah. It, it's it's release, it's catharsis. And so I mean for men to be strong and to be able to be the leaders of the household or whatever the traditional role is, I mean you have to be able to heal. You have to have the ability to heal yourself and not just physically. And so I think the biggest issue with a lot of men is we take our emotions and we bottle them in because we think somehow we're more powerful than our emotions, which is essentially saying your emotions are an external thing. They're, it's saying like they're separate from who you are. When the reality is, your emotions are a part of you. They are you. And so, when you become, when you can become one with your emotions, when you can accept them for for how they are and when they come and embrace them. I mean you heal a lot faster, you accept yourself a lot more, you're more comfortable in your masculinity and femininity. And I mean, you become stronger, essentially, you know? I, I believe in, in men crying Yeah. Because men who cry, have they don't explode, you know? Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. I agree. I think like the definition of trauma is just unprocessed emotions. It's impossible to live this life and not be in touch with your emotions. Otherwise, life is gonna give you situations to bring emotion out of you. So it's better to just be in touch with it and just process it as it comes. Just like animals, like when they get into situations, like you'll see them like shake off their energy. Like everyone needs to be doing that constantly. Like when things happen, like you have to shake off that energy. It has to go somewhere, or it just stays in your body. It manifests into muscle tension and like all of these physical ailments and everything. So yeah, people definitely need to process energy, or it does impact your mental, physical, emotional health. I agree. And we're all just human. It's like, yeah, you really know, like yeah. man and woman, we all have, we all work the same way and have the same. We've all experienced yeah. the same emotions in different ways. So I think it's really important to teach the next generation, especially, yeah. yeah. The the little boys that, you know, you don't have to be the man of the house, and it's okay to cry. It's okay to to fall down and cry. You know, you don't have to be tough all the time.
1: Yeah, and you know, one fundamental, this was actually like on page like three um, of Ways of the Superior Man, but one of the fundamental lessons that they taught is that masculinity, and feminine isn't actually attached to any type of gender. So like like within a relationship, regardless of sexual orientation or or gender identification, you know, like the man could be more feminine and the woman could be more masculine or the man could be more masculine and his partner could be more feminine. Like that actually doesn't matter. We've assigned gender roles based on our finite understanding of what male and female is. And so, I mean, the reality is if there's if there's if there's a relationship and the thing is, it's never consistent. Like some days it might switch. Some Mm -hmm. days the masculine might switch with the feminine in the relationship. And that's just how the function is carried out. So as long as there's a balance, it doesn't matter how the balance is achieved or who's playing the role as long as the roles are fulfilled at some point.
0: Yeah, like I think like when two people are unhealed, they use the relationship as an attempt to make a whole because both of them don't feel complete. So that energy keeps like flip-flopping and everything. And that happens, I mean, no matter what, because we are all human. So there's gonna be parts of us that like sort of use like other energy to sort of complement our own. But I definitely feel like a lot of people when they are just completely out of touch with one energy and they're using the relationship to make a whole, it becomes a codependent relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's not based on anything solid or stable or there's just no foundation. So it ends up being like this wild like roller coaster type thing. And the only way to really have stability is to really like go inward and create that stability within yourself and then it attracts others that are sort of on that wavelength so it's interesting. It is interesting to think about the masculine and the feminine in a relationship because oftentimes, like what we're lacking, let's say I was lacking in the masculine department like I would want to find that in a partner so if I was looking for safety then I would be looking for that in a partner and Probably vice versa, if there was a guy and he was looking for someone who's very nurturing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You can all find that within yourself, but oftentimes we look to a partner to fill those those voids. Agreed.
1: And see, that's the thing about gender roles specifically, like we tend to see things like computers. It's either it's either this or that mm-hmm and we really don't even see a Venn diagram when the reality is it's all a spectrum. It's all within yeah. the same, you know, graph.
0: And I'm just so happy that nowadays, the newer generations are just so much more comfortable with just being themselves because I think people are starting to figure out, like, all of this, it comes from patriarchal structures and we're finally breaking out of that and realizing, like, okay like there's so much like sexism in the workplace and you know people have labeled women as being like weak or powerless or incapable and now we're like reclaiming our power what Gary Zukov says that's one of our favorite authors yeah. <laughs> we read a lot of his books he says that authentic power it, it comes from within and it's when your personality aligns with your soul and I feel like people have started to try, they've tried to get power from outside sources, Mm -hmm. not like from within. Mm -hmm. Do you think inner child work can also help here? It's interesting because like, I like to think of it in terms of a quadrant. I actually think that each one of these quadrants, it reflects um, a side of masculine and feminine energy. So, I think that the wounded inner child represents wounded feminine energy. I think that the wounded inner parent represents wounded masculine energy because the that's our mind is what the wounded inner parent is. And it's the one that's like, go, go, go do something like stuff like that. So I feel like it's more like wounded masculine. Our healthy inner parent is like healthy masculine energy and then um, healthy inner child is like um, healthy feminine energy. But that's just what I think because it makes sense to me. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it's all a quadrant. And really what we're trying to do is have the constant communication between the healthy inner parent and healthy inner child. Or in other words, healthy masculine, healthy feminine energy. Staying in communication which is like like what we talked about earlier, which is like getting an idea and acting on it. It's like a constant loop.
1: And I think a lot of people's misconception, because again, people tend to look at things as ones and zeros. We tend to see, you know, um, more like masculine or feminine as being superior, as one is, one is weaker, one is uh, stronger. When in reality is, it's, you need both. I mean, both yeah. are equally strong. For yes. different scenarios. I just don't think that people really think about which scenarios like you need your feminine in or which scenarios mm-hmm. you need your masculine in. You know, they think, Oh, being masculine is being tough and surviving the situation. Well, masculine is probably not the best in this situation. You know, maybe you need maybe feminine would be the best approach. And so that's why, you know, people need a balance.
0: You're so, supposed to have emotions. Yes. 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 Normal. Yeah, <laughs> <else. You're>
1: <laughs> being <laughs> emotional as a guy like it's fine. I mean that honestly emotional guys tend to become million dollar actors. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, or Drake. You know it's
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Drake. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> Be in tune with yourself. I think that and another big thing is guys tend to um, the, the the masculine trait of being a provider mm-hmm. but to a toxic degree because now, you know, Money is supposed to be a means to an end. It's not the end. It's, it's supposed to be a way to provide for your family or for the one that you want to take care of. But because it's just kind of the, the finite nature of the human mind, we take you know, it takes shortcuts. The shortcut is, you know, if I have a lot of money, then I could be a provider. But it's shortened to if I have a lot of money, then I'm a good man. And so then, you know, we tend to place manhood on, how much money you have? How how rich are you? How much can you afford? Um, can you afford to take a woman out to wherever she wants to go? As opposed to, can you provide and protect? And to be honest, providing and protecting does not depend on money, even in a capitalist economy such as where we live in. Like it's, they're actually two separate things. It's one is a means to an end, but there's other means to that end. And so I think the toxicity is. A lot of men tend to feel insecure when they don't have money, because they don't feel as much as a man of a man as like, you know, the guy who's driving the Corvette down the street, who you know, just, like just got rich off of NFTs, off of NFTs, off of selling digital, digital cats, <laughs> just cats with hats and shades Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things that once you kind of go back to the root of what masculinity is and the purpose of why you know being a provider and being protective is even associated with masculinity then you'll separate the money aspect from it and your confidence will be unwavering in the midst of like how you know the waves of how money works yes and
0: that's another important message for everyone is that we're not alive to make money that's probably and the last, the last important thing on this planet. Like I think when it comes to being a healthy individual and living out our purpose, it comes from within. And I really like the fact that you, you've told me this on multiple occasions, like really the healthiest model for a man is, is how Jesus was, you know, just living your life with those, types of ethics and that integrity and how you treat people, that's everything and that's worth its weight in gold. I remember once you told me in a neuroscience class, um, one of your professors asked, like, who can explain where an idea comes from? Hmm. Like, and he was like, didn't he say something like you'll get like, I don't know, some bonus points or whatever. Oh, yeah.
1: He said at the beginning, the, like, day three of class, if we could tell him where ideas came from, he'd give us a name in the class. We didn't have to even show up.
0: Wow. And, and the thing is, that will never be able to be explained by the mind, because the mind is, like, to me, I, I view it as more of, like, um, a masculine energy type structure, because I feel like ideas come from spirit, and mm-hmm. spirit is, like, feminine energy, So, and there's no way anyone would ever be able to pinpoint a place in the brain and be like, that's where ideas come from. Like, no, they come from a higher place. And when you're in touch with that higher place, like you have the ability to be creative and get in touch with like your purpose and like all of those sorts of things. But it comes from another way of putting it is your intuition. Like you have to be in touch with your intuition
1: yeah because the, i mean the mind is an input output system right a stimulus comes in and your mind processes it based on what is processed from other stimuluses and creates an output so you know the idea to not touch a stove because you touched the stove one time and it was hot or to not touch a heater because you touched the stove one time and it was hot mm-hmm. that's that's a very input output like you know base level critical thinking but when ideas spontaneous ideas that don't come from a stimulus, like whether it came from a dream or just popped into your head and there's never been a stimulus that has that has created those neural impulses to bring out an output, you know, it just comes out of nowhere, that, I mean, it can't be explained by science, it can't be explained by an input-output system, I, I 100% think there is a level of intuition and, and being in tune with, with your higher power in the universe.
0: And that's where all the good stuff comes in, like the synchronicities and the fun stuff. It all comes from that higher place. Like a lot of times when people are thinking too much and they're too methodical and they get stuck in their mind, they're actually kind of blocking all of the cool things that could just happen just by being in the flow of life. Like you don't want to get too far into your brain because it's very hard to get out. Well, with that being said, we hope you guys enjoyed our discussion on masculine and feminine energies, and thanks for tuning in.
1: Bye.